Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hey everyone, I'm back. I know, I know, some time has passed, but I'm back guys, I swear, I'm back. Um, And this week, I'm talking about a book that recently came out, uh, very, very recently, uh, earlier this month, I want to say the the 7th, September 7th, it came out, and it is Witch Please, Witch with a W, <laughs> not a B, <laughs> uh, Witch Please by Anne Aguirre. Um, it's book one in the Fix It Witches series. Um, so I got an advanced reader copy uh, for this book, and I was like, oh, okay, like, I can't say that I'm ever the kind of person who's like, oh my god, I want witch romance. I've never really thought about it. It's never really crossed my mind. But I was like, cool, um, I guess. I'm actually going to read you guys the blurb so that you, you know, are probably like, what is this even about, girl? Like, what are you talking about? Um, so this is from a good reads, okay? Okay. Um, so this starts off with, Practical Magic meets Gilmore Girls and this adorable witchy rom-com with a bisexual virgin baker with a curse, a witch looking to avoid romantic entanglements, and a chemistry between them that causes literal sparks. Danica Waterhouse is a fully modern witch, daughter, granddaughter, cousin, and co-owner of the Fix-It Witches, a magical tech repair shop. After a messy breakup that included way too much family feedback, Danica made a pact with her cousin. They'll keep their hearts protected and have fun without involving any of the overly opinionated Waterhouse matriarchs. Danica is more than a little exhausted navigating a long-standing family feud where Graham thinks the only good mundane is a dead one and Danica's mother weaves floral crowns for anyone who crosses her path. Three blocks down from Fix-It Witches, Titus Winnaker, owner of Sugar Daddy's Bakery, has family trouble of his own. After a tragic loss, all he's got left is his sister, the bakery, and a lifetime of terrible luck and love. Sure, business is sweet, but he can't seem to shake the romantic curse that's left him past 30 and still a virgin. He's decided he's doomed to be forever forever alone until he meets Danica Waterhouse. The sparks are instant, their attraction irresistible. For him, she's the one. To her, he's a firebomb thrown in the middle of a family war. Can a modern witch find love with an old-fashioned mundane who refuses to settle for anything less than forever? So this, guys, is the blurb. Now, this is a new book, so I'm going to speak first trying not to spoil and then it's gonna be spoiler central um so spoilers again are something that give you highs and make you sad and cause you to black out in irrational rages you will want to skip the second portion of today's episode if you don't care about some things you're gonna be all right you're gonna be fine everything's gonna be you know hunky-dory easy peasy but just letting you guys know. So this is a new book. I say this like I didn't just say the book came out. You know what I mean. It's the first book in a new series is what I was really trying to go for. And then the brain was like, say a new book. <laughs> um, so it's a first book in a new series from Andy Gary. It's a contemporary. I mean, because there's the addition of witches, you could say it's a contemporary paranormal, right? Because, uh, you know, witches are out here doing their thing. And it is an interesting book. Now, if you guys have listened to previous episodes, um, Anna Gary is an author that has very often given me either tropes or scenarios or characters that I was pretty sure I was going to be like, hell to the heff, no. And then she's like done some like, wait for it, wait for it, magic. And I've just been, like, obsessed and loving it and just like, oh, my God, this is so great. Um, A really, really good example of that, Strange Love. Her book, Strange Love, which is an alien romance, listen, between the cover and that, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I read it and I was like, 
holy crapola. Um, so of course I was like, I don't know about witches, but I'm definitely going to give this a shot because this is an author that I trust, um, to give me, you know, a really great fucking romance. This is where things get a little sticky. I enjoyed parts of this book and I do you think that by the end I was okay with the happily ever after? But there were definitely chunks of this book that I was like, the fuck? And that I was kind of like, and I mean, for me personally, again, this is someone who's not a big, like, I read all the kind of witch romances I can get my hands on. Girl, no, I don't even think about it. I'm like, witches? Yeah, I mean, I guess. They show up, they show up, but I don't purposely go out of my way to look for them. So I think if you are someone who really likes reading about that sort of concept, I think you should pick this book up. I think that there, I had a lot of questions about the world. And I think one of the difficulties sometimes with the first book in a series is you either have an author that spends quite a bit of time really establishing the world so some people feel like there isn't enough about the romance because we're so busy literally world building and then other times and I think this is where I fall with this book where I was like I still have questions about so much about this world I don't really understand why x happens and why z happens and why you know b doesn't happen and I think that future books may help to better break down that information and so Oh, there's almost a part of me that wishes that I could like read the series once it's complete and maybe like start, you know, in different por- sections uh, because I almost wonder if this is going to turn into we get to see different parts of this world uh, with the different characters that we come across um, throughout the series and in different like books Um, And so this is where I was kind of like, okay, I have questions about this specific world. Because on one hand, looks and sounds and smells like, you know, a modern day contemporary. But then, of course, we've got witches. And so I think there were moments where I was like, I don't understand how all of that works in this specific series. Um, And that left me with questions that I was kind of like pero pero what does this mean pero what does that mean pero why is this pero why is that um now Titus and Danica I liked them together I really really liked Titus Titus might have might have even been a little too perfect of a hero um I think he had flaws I can't remember them and that's what I mean by almost too perfect of a hero this was a really, really, really great guy who did everything great. And so I think it was also very, like, confusing. And I'm slow. Some of you might be like, yo, Esther, you should have seen, like, the thing that was coming. But I was like, ah, I'm slow. And so I was kind of like, wow, like, this is such a really great, awesome, fantastic kind of guy. Why is he alone? I'm so confused. Why is he still single? Excuse me, more? And the blurb says a virgin. The fuck, the fuck? I don't get it. I, I, excuse me? I don't understand. Um, I liked Danica. I wanted her to, I felt like I wanted her to be a little more willing to ask questions. I felt like a lot of the shit that Danica went through and that happened to her was because as a character, she was just kind of like, well, this is how I've been told things are and done. And I was like, ma'am, if you don't fuck him, I don't know. Like, you telling me witches don't have, like, their equivalent of Google? The fuck? Like, so that kind of aggravated me because it didn't feel to me like she was a character that was like, I'm not totally 100% sure about this, so I'm going to make sure I know what I'm talking about or I know exactly what's going on. It was more like, I was told this, and so I'm going for it. Um, I also was a little unsure of ages. Like, at times, I was like, how old are Titus and Danica supposed to be? Are they in their mid-20s, late-20s, early 30s? You know, he's stated, I think, as being, like, 30 or whatever. But it was kind of like, hmm. So there were moments where I was like, oh, I don't know. I think another thing I really, really liked, Danica's relationship with her coven. 
right? Uh, which includes your cousin Clementine. Um, what, were, what were the names? Ethel? Was it Ethel? Now, like, was it? I know it wasn't. It starts, it's an old name with an E, but it's not my name, Master. <laughs> You're all like, what is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> I mean, many things, friends. Many things. I'm pretty sure it was Ethel. It's not Ethel. But, like, yes, her cousin, yeah, uh, her coven, there was Vanessa, there was Ethel, and Ethel was older, which, therefore, her name Ethel. Um, there was Leanne, like, there were a bunch of women in her coven, and I really liked the dynamics, um, Carrie and Priya, like, I liked the dynamics of her having this group of women that she did witchcraft with, along with, like, you know, just being a support system. So there were definitely aspects of this book that I was like, yeah, but there were definitely aspects of the book where I was like, pero why? Pero like, uh, no. Um, and so for me personally, I was kind of like, damn, I think I was expecting, um, a little bit more. I do think the two of them, Danik and Titus, were great. And Titus's relationship with both his sister and his stepsister, that was fucking awesome. That, I thought, the way in which he interacted with both his biological sister, his younger sister, and his new stepsister was so well done. I really, really liked that. Um, enough that I was almost like, does the sister get a book? Do we get a book with the sister? Because I would like a book with his sister. Thank you so much. Um, but I don't know if that's possible. Because like it's about witches. And I don't think anybody um, on that side is a witch. Uh, but I really. I thought that was really really well done. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And I wanted a little bit more. of Like I really enjoyed. The time. That is spent on the page. With him. His sister and his stepsister. And everything that goes on with them. So there were definitely parts of this book that I was like, yes. But sadly, unfortunately for me, there were parts of this book where I was like, is that going to be a, a no, no so much, a no so good, a no so, mm. And it's not bad. Like, I'm not like, oh, it was literal hot garbage. No. But I just think I had much higher expectations and it didn't quite make it. You know, like you made a souffle and it didn't quite fully rise. Still tastes delicious. Still, you know, but it's just not, it's just not, it does not look like the picture in the cookbook. And so you wanted the picture in the cookbook and you didn't get the picture in the cookbook. You got something that does taste good, but is not mm, presentation. Eh, Not quite, not quite. And that's how I felt with this book. Okay. Um, what else? Is there any? Oh, I the grandmother. The grandmother was a lot, and I I wonder if in the next book or in future books we'll get a better understanding of why the grandmother was the way she was. Because I think that in this book, it's very, very sort of narrow view of her. Enough that I was like, if this bitch don't hurry up and keel over and die. Um, But at the same time, there was something at the back of my head that was kind of like, but this seems incomplete. Like, we're missing information. That's what it felt like. Like, it felt like... We need to know more to have a very, to be able to create a well-rounded idea of who this character is. And we don't have all the pieces, you know. um, (laughs) It's like when people do a puzzle and three pieces are missing and they're just like, pero the picture is not complete. That's how it felt reading the grandmother. I was like, I need more. I need to better understand why you are like this, why you do this. I, I don't, I. I am confused. So, I part of me wonders if part of the point of that is because 
the grandmother, her history, and how she is, and whether or not she evolves will be sort of a sort of backstory throughout the books, which, okay, then in that case, I see why all of this isn't answered in book one. I don't know that I realized in this first book until pretty much the end that maybe that was like where we were going, because most of the book, I was like, this bitch can just keel over, just cough, cough, go by. Um, and she's not, and I'm annoyed. So I I wonder about Graham Grams because Graham Grams was mm, doing doing a lot for me. But again, I think that for a first book, I think I wanted a little bit more world building and better understanding of why Danica and Titus had the conflicts that they had because some of the conflict felt very like but couldn't have just been resolved if you'd bothered to ask questions earlier on like it felt very like girl you could have avoided half of the issues here if you had just sat down and had a convo with your mama why aren't you having a convo with your mama what is what is what is the reason right Cardi B give. What was the reason? Um, so I wonder if book two, which happens to also be her cousin, Danica's cousin, is in book two. Wonder if we then get a better, more robust picture of Graham, her issues, and how it plays into this specific world. Okay, I'm going to stop here because I feel like you're probably like, actually, you spoiled some of it. And I'm going to be like, well, you know, I mean, I tried. Um, I'm going to pause here and I'm going to come back because it's going to be like, spoiler central. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So again, if spoilers really just like make you upset, don't listen to this next section. Just skip ahead to gratitude attitude. But if spoilers don't bother you or you really just want to understand like, where I was like Mm-mm-mm, and where I was like yeah, yeah um then you will listen after the break okay see you in a few okay I'm back and now it's time for spoilers uh, uh for the book which please by Anne Aguirre so again if you don't like spoilers stop right now okay so book one in the fix it witches series i was like okay this is an anagiri book and she has been you know blowing my expectations out the water so i think i went into this book with a pretty high expectation i was like i'm not out here looking for books on witches but if she's doing a book on witches okay so my expectations may have been a little high this time. I may have overshot it a little bit. And I say this because specifically there were a few things that I was like, what in the world? Um, I didn't understand, A, why witches. So in a lot of paranormal books that are set in our current contemporary world right so what I what I mean by that is this is a book that is set in a world that looks like the one we live in there are things like cell phones there are things like cars and people live in the same cities we live in right they live in New York they live in Las Vegas like they literally live in the same world that we occupy now they're paranormal because they then have a paranormal element in this case we have witches So it is, in this series, we're learning that witches have been flying under the radar because, you know, assuming going back to Salem Witch Trials, they were massacred, this, that, and the other. And the people who do not practice magic are called mundanes. So you've got witches, you've got mundanes. Okay, cool. You've also got witch hunters. Now, this doesn't feel like it's the kind of series that is going to have you know witch hunters that come through and like murder and torture people 
even though there's mention of it, like, oh, you know, the stories. So I think one of my first questions was kind of like, why don't mundanes know about witches? Okay, fine. You're all in, which is in secret because yada, 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 yada. Um, and then also like, okay, if that's the case where you just can't let humans, AKA mundanes know, wouldn't one of the ways to avoid dealing with all of that be to not necessarily live amongst humans in the same way that like, you know, like it felt like the witches are here living their regular day your lives in everyday town and, you know, hiding in plain sight kind of nonsense. A part of me wanted to be like, but if you've been around for as long as you've been around, wouldn't you at some point have created like specific enclaves, areas that you can live in, areas that you can't? That's where I was a little like, hmm, okay. And maybe the point of that was like to not have those because then the witch hunters can fully like for sure, for sure, track you down. And that's a whole other conversation. So the grandmother is very much like, so we start the series, Danica had been dating, I guess, a mundane, and the grandmother hadn't liked that, and basically a bit upset because the grandmother has told Danica and her cousin that they lose their magical powers or whatever um, if they end up with a mundane and, like, look at what happened to their mothers. And for a lot of the book, you as the reader, along with Danica, believe that that's what's true. I think there was a point where I was kind of like, this seems weird because everything you're being told by your grandmother is saying one thing, but I don't know that that's correct. Now, Danica's also not, um, her mother married a mundane, so Danica technically is half witch, half mundane. Um, I think Clementine the cousin might have been the same and one of my first questions if I had been either one of them is like okay grandmother you talk about like losing your powers but like they were they at least passed on to us so what exactly do you lose right because if our mothers married non-magical men well here we are their children and we have access to power or magic or whatever you want to call it so, like, what happens there? Like, you, you you lose it in everyday life, but you don't have access to it, but but it passes through your, to your children. Like, they're just, it seemed like Danica was told by her grandma, this is how things are, and she never questioned it. And I think if this book had been set with Danica being really, really young, like 21, I might have been like, okay, well, maybe she's not going to question grandma. But I don't think she was that young. Um... I don't actually remember how old Danica is, but I'm like, if she's close in age to Titus, she's either 30 or just under 30. And that was kind of like, hmm, you, you wouldn't ask like your grandmother, like, ma'am, what's going on with this? Like, is this, you know, truly true or not? Or better yet, her mother, because at first, I was like, oh, she doesn't really have a relationship with her mother. And then as I was reading on, I was like, no, her parents are together. She does have a relationship with her mother. So why hasn't she asked her mother any questions? All for us to get to almost the end of the book, and she finally has a conversation with her mother, and her mother's like, who the hell told you I lost my power? And she's like, Grandma did. And she's like, that's a lie. And I was like, are you shitting me? And then it turns out that, like, grandmother, so within this community, or within the witches, you different kinds and it's like Clementine and her so Danica and her cousin Clementine the two of them have an affinity to fixing like technology and machinery and their mother I guess has an affinity to like guard like earth plants gardens so grandma also had an affinity to like whatever like they have different names I think it was Vivimancer this is something that I was like yeah sure whatever I don't know what this term means I'm don't I'm too lazy to like look it up. Um, yes, Danica and her cousin are technomancers because they can you know basically work with technology. And Vivimancers, oh no, Vivimancers magic away their own aches and pains, so it's about the body. Oh wait, this is interesting. 
the grandma, the mother was also a vivomancer. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we it's almost at the very end. Because Denica basically was like, why did you turn my training over to grandma? And then her mother's like, because I'm a vivomancer and I can't train you myself. But you're a technomancer and your grandmother is. And this is where I was like, wait, what? And then my next question was like, okay, it seems like nobody tells their partner the truth. You just sort of skate by by saying it's all like I'm some new age hippie. And I thought, so in this world, like, which is just live as new age hippies and don't ever tell their partners the truth, why? I understand not telling the world at large, but like, you're one and only. So I had questions about that. Um, Titus is a virgin because her mom basically cast a spell when she was born, basically being like, I don't want her, my daughter to go through heartbreak and I want her her person to be like only for her. Um, so Titus has been left behind by different women his entire life because of a curse that your mom put on him. Which I'm sure Danica's mother wasn't like, it's a curse. She's thinking, I'm, you know, safeguarding my daughter's happiness, but causing trauma to somebody else. Excuse me? So I think one of the things that was a little bit difficult for me in this book was that both what the examples that we see of the witches, the way in which they treat and act with humans seems a little callous, if not a lot callous. Because at one point, the grandmother basically like threatened to like ruin Titus's life if Danica got together with him. Because, oh, because the grandmother's very like, you cannot be with like a mundane because it'll ruin your life. And then it turns out that the whole her saying like, you lose your magic thing, right? Isn't true and all that. But I'm like, wow, so your mother's, your grandmother's a complete bigot. Your mother is never clear to you. And maybe one can say, okay, the mother had no idea that her mother was single. But if you know that your mother gave you so much grief for choosing a man who wasn't part of this, like, world, wouldn't you then at least prepare your child for that or you're naive enough to think that your grandmother won't say anything negative or whatever to your child who isn't even full witch you sound dumb you sound dumb so those were the things where I was like oh my god like who do I punch who do I punch and I a part of me feels like the next book we may learn more about why the grandmother is like this because the next book is the cousin my cousin seems to be following for the witch hunter. This, this was the other thing that I was like, you end the book not knowing what's going on with this witch hunter that has shown up, that is tracking witches. All you know is that Clementine is supposed to be like on it and protecting them, but she's also falling for it. What? So part of me is like, are the witch hunters going to turn out to not be like people who torture everybody to death? Or are they going to turn out to be? Who knows? Um, But uh, all of that had me being like, I don't know. This is, no, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Now, Titus felt like a very, 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 very close to perfect, if not perfect hero. Which can, and I think a lot of Titus's issues Here's the thing, Titus had issues. Titus had abandonment issues. Titus thought that he was hella clingy, that he was always driving people away. And unfortunately, we then find out, like, no, Titus, people were always leaving you because of, you know, the spell that Homegirl's mother created. So then I guess Titus's flaws about feeling insecure and needy and clingy aren't even his flaws because all of this was comes about because of the fact that Danica's mother created this fucking like spell. So sorry, I was like, where am I going with this? Now Titus's relationship with both his sister and his new stepsister 
I thought was so well done. And I almost wanted to spend way more time with that part of the book. And I almost wish we could cut out Graham's, you know, the mom, and just like, like, what's it like to fall for a guy who is going through what Titus is going through? So Titus's mother has passed away. He has a younger sister. He has this bakery. And his father moves on and gets married six months after their mother passes, which is fast. Like, does it matter who you talk to? That's really quick, right? And so, of course, even though they're both, even though Titus and Maya, that's the sister's name, are both adults, of course there's all these, like, feelings of, like, are you serious? You replaced our mother in six months? Got married? Moved? And expect us to just be okay with it? Like, sir, what is wrong with you? The father is, like, you know, call her mother, like, ah, which I also was like, okay, the father's just an asshole. I'm not going to expect my grown children to call the new woman I've married six months after their mother died. I'm not expecting you to call her mother. Not even stepmama. She got a name. You can call her by that. That's about it. So the father, I was like, sir, when do we dropkick you? When do we dropkick you? And so Titus and Maya are dealing with the fact that, like, their father essentially they've lost both their parents right their mother is gone and their father is acting like he's got a whole new life with this new wife who has two kids of her own and who are younger than them right I think both the oldest the stepmother's oldest son is just about to enter college while these two are done with that and then the the woman's daughter is in like high school so it was one of those things where I was like Okay, the way in which Titus and Maya handled meeting, oh, because, so, let me backtrack, they end up having to go down to, I think it's Vegas, or somewhere outside of Vegas, somewhere in Nevada, um, or is it Arizona, I don't know, one of those states, so sorry, um, they end up having to go down there, because their father basically contacts them, and lets them know that he's having a new baby with his new wife, which is kind of like, whoa, <laughs> so... Our mom died, you got married to somebody else, left town, and now you're having a new kid. Like, you're basically starting all over again. You're creating a brand new family. Where does that leave us, your adult children? At first, they're kind of like, we're not coming. And then it's like, oh, well, okay, we should go. And they both realize when they arrive that, like, their younger stepsister is in this very sort of uncomfortable position of, like, she, like them, is having to see her mother, you know, go full force at creating this new family. But unlike them, she's not an adult. She's in high school. And it's like, what do, you know, what do I do? How do I deal with, like, newlyweds who are also working through their trauma of their failed relation? Well, did they also lose, were they both widowers? Or was, I don't remember if, the father marries someone who's also a widow? It might be. Oh, I think it was. So, every, you know, you've got four kids, because she has an older brother, but he acts like an asshole. You've got four kids having to watch their parents act like this new relationship somehow supersedes the one, the previous relationship where, you know, everyone came from kind of thing. And so what I think is really, really, what I really, really liked and thought was really, really cool is that Titus and Maya see this, and instead of just being kind of like, yeah, well, whatever, they're like, you know what, you're probably in a similar boat as us where you're struggling with this, like, the, the kind of craziness that our parents are doing, so why don't you come live with us? Like, if this is going to be too stressful, if you're going to be turned into, like, an on-call babysitter, even though that's not what should be happening, why don't you come live with us? wouldn't like if you don't have to but the option is there if you want to and of course the girl's like hell yeah I'm not trying to be with you know like I I need this it's probably best for everyone but definitely like please and thank you and I really 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 like that because Titus and Maya could have very easily have gone down to this baby shower been aggravated been annoyed and then left and or they could have just said to their new stepsister, you know, nice to meet you, and kept it moving. But in the midst of them dealing with everything, right, of seeing their father acting like as if 
this new life. And it, on one hand, it's like, yes, your wife is dead. You've remarried. You're expecting a new baby. That, that has to be in many ways exhilarating. And it allows for that character to forget about the grief and the pain. Doesn't mean it goes away. It's there and it will pop up and show up in unexpected moments. But it's like, oh, well, now I'll focus on this new wife and this new baby and, you know, life will be amazing. Um, so I, I can understand the motivations and the reasons why the father did what he did. I still didn't like it. I still was annoyed. I still wanted to punch that man in the face. Um, but what I really, really liked was how Titus and Maya both are like, yo, we can we can offer a safe haven to our new stepsister and we're not about to become your parents. We're basically your older siblings and you get to, you get to finish out your high school and whatever without feeling like unwanted or secondary to this new life that our parents are building that feels very, very quick and very like, difficult to deal with and process because neither one of our parents decided to like take the time and energy and effort to work through the trauma and then find new people they just decided to bypass all that and assume that the 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 feelings of love and all that would just you know somehow like like almost like I'm gonna bandage over the the open wound of all my loss with this brand new relationship without understanding that like down the road <laughs> the loss is going to fester through the bondage and then you're going to have you know possibly plus and gangrene mm, delish um so I love that I thought that was so that was so well done in such a wonderful way to show the kind of man that Titus is and was and so I think that's where I also was slightly aggravated because I was like, okay, Titus is this kind of a man who's willing to do this, right? They took their, like, guest bedroom, turned it into a new bedroom for their new stepsister, decorated it for her, got her furniture, all of these things, this while being a baker, correct? And you're going to end up with a woman who's going to kind of never be 100% honest with you about who she is? I don't know that that's fair. I don't know that that's fair. And that, I think, was where I struggled a lot with their relationship because I really liked the two of them together. But I was kind of like, wow, so he's just never going to know that you're a witch? You're going to fix all the techno, like, you're going to fix the stove, fix this, fix that. He never going to figure it. You're never going to tell him the truth? Like, ever? You going down? Like, what, when you have kids, and your kids have, you know, like, just don't tell dad? Which, we don't really see much interaction between Danica and her mundane father. And so I was kind of like, so is that, like, do you never speak to your father? Because he doesn't know the truth about what you are? And that just seems sad. And not quite what I want. And it is very possible again, this is book one in the series, that this will all end up being resolved in future books. So it is very possible that Anagiri has done this on purpose so that you continue to read to find out how these issues get resolved. I don't know, because I'm not, you know, the author. I'm just a person who read the book. But I had a lot of questions, um, and I definitely was kind of like, Okay, but I also was very confused because Danica has a coven, and I was like, you never saw your mom with her coven? She never introduced you? Like, I don't, it does not make sense. It does not make sense to me. I had too many questions. I was very, very confused. I don't, I don't, I don't know. There was a little, I think that there were too many things that were left sort of like, up in the air. And that, for me, was kind of like, mm, boo-boo. But, again, my favorite, favorite, favorite aspect of this, Titus and his two sisters. That whole story arc, the relationship, so well done. So well done. Um, I'm probably going to be reading the second book. 
Part of me was like, I'm not reading the second book. But now the more I think about it, I'm like, I'm probably going to read the second book because I definitely want to know what's happening with this witch hunter. I definitely want to know if we get more of an explanation of why Graham is a literal bigot. Um, I, I got questions. And I hope that the book has answers and not more questions. Because that would be hilarious. Um, so, all that to say... I enjoyed it, but I definitely had moments where I was like, God, God damn. God fucking damn. The fuck. But why? And that's okay, because, again, as I have already stated, I've never been one of those people that's like, oh my god, witches, can't, like, I don't, when they show up in paranormal worlds that I'm reading, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I never really, like, stop and think about, like, like, I don't purposely, like, go looking for which only books and I know that there's a lot of like which romances on their way and I'm like okay I mean I might read some there's probably gonna be a lot I don't read because it's not necessarily something that I'm like oh my god need to have must have and I think that if it's not clear why everybody doesn't know about them it needs to be then it gets a bit weird and weird. like yes I get it mundanes aka humans you know blame witches for everything and that's why but I there it felt like there I needed more and again I was still very a little like confused because I've read other paranormals having nothing to do with witches but it's like oh you eventually tell if you end up with a non with a human partner you eventually tell them the truth but like I turn into a werewolf or I turn into a like you know but you can't tell nobody. Oh, okay. And then you go from there. That makes sense to me. I understand not telling everybody, but this person that you claim to love more than anything and are going to spend the rest of your life when they're just never going to know such an essential part of who you are? Seems weird. Seems weird to me. I'm just saying. All right. Um, do I have anything else? Um, no, I think that was pretty much it, right? I was like, you know, oh, and Clementine was sometimes kind of annoying, and I was like, you're seeing me really like, and I feel like in her book, we're gonna see how in many ways she was kind of, sort of, being hypocritical to Danica, um, and I sometimes get annoyed by those kind of characters, so I might just be like, "Mm, I'm not rooting for you, but I might be, who knows, do you know what I'm saying, um, but I definitely had moments. I was like, ma'am, if you don't, stop being annoying. Um, and also, like, just, how are you falling for a witch hunter? I'm curious. I mean, he's supposed to be really, really hot. So, you know, I get it. Sometimes it's just like, it is so pretty. So pretty. What do I do when so pretty? But, yes, this was Witch Please by M. Aguirre. Um, and, I mean, it's, not a bad read. I mean, I've read way worse things, guys. Way worse. Way worse. It was also well-written. And there were, you know, some cute moments. And the sibling relationship, I mean, I keep saying it, was done really, really well. And that, for me, is something that I really appreciated. Alright. Uh, I'm going to pause here. When I come back, it's time for gratitude. Attitude! Alright, it's a gratitude attitude! AKA latitude! I still don't know why I do that, but yeah, you know, you know. So, what are the things I'm grateful for this week? So, first things first, one of the reasons I was a little bit MIA, I was able to go back home to see my parents. Um, I had been lucky enough to be able to see them in December of 2020, um, but that was with doing a 14-day quarantine, and, you know, everything was in complete lockdown, and it was very, like, just literally got to hang out with my parents, which was fine. Um, but this time around, um, because I'm fully vaccinated, I just needed to have a negative PCR test for my flight, and I was able to see my parents, which was absolutely amazing to be able to see them in person 
Because in a, you know, non-pandemic time, I would have probably been home a bunch of times. Um, My dad turned 80 in July. And so it was really, really hard that I, it really, really sucked that I wasn't able to like be there for that. But a part of me was like, it's okay. Like I'm going to, you know, once it was like, yeah, you can come through with, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to quarantine. I'm like, bet, I'm going. So I got to see my parents and it was absolutely wonderful and absolutely amazing i also got to see my best friend and her new baby um who's like he's a year and a few months and it was like oh my god it was really funny because i think for him it was like i'm used to seeing you on a tv screen like on a on a cell phone or an ipad and you're real like poke poke um and it was so nice just to be able to see you know my loved ones um in person and I really, really was so thankful and appreciative of that. Um, Because one of the things that I feel like this pandemic has made very, very clear is that none of us are really promised tomorrow. And so every time we're able to spend it with loved ones, we should be hella thankful and grateful. The second thing that I'm grateful for this week is um, I traveled And on my way there, I did not have COVID-19, and I was tested on the way back, and I did not have COVID-19. And you might be like, okay, Astro, but no, seriously and truly, I would like to not have this uh, uh, virus. And I'm just really thankful that I took the risk of traveling, because it's still a risk um, to see my loved ones, and that that risk didn't turn into, you know, me catching this virus, so I'm very, very thankful, I mean, I was masked up, you know, hand sanitizer always on deck, wiping down my seat and tray table, armrest and seatbelt, like, Naomi Campbell showed up, um, I was prepared, guys, I had multiple masks for the airport, I basically was like, okay, uh, I have a mask for the cab ride to the airport, and I'll switch into this other, you know, and I double masked also in the airports, because a part of me was like, you know what, you know what, I don't want COVID, so two masks it is, not one, but two, okay, because security for me, and uh, I think it worked, because uh, I don't have it, I don't have it, so I feel real good about that, <laughs> And then the third thing that I'm really, really grateful for. So this happened right before I had gone home. Um, the Milwaukee Public Library, which B and her books works at, and uh, the Rom Ever After podcast that is hosted uh, by her Twitter name is Ali is writing. They'd had this awesome panel. <laughs> I kind of cut myself off after the, I said the panel. I mean, I kept talking, but didn't realize that I had pressed the stop button. Um, so I spoke to my empty room and nobody heard. <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying, the awesome panel happened and I was selected as one of the winners of the swag bags that they had. So I got in the mail, this really cool purple tote from Forever Publishing. Um, Avon had, there was a beige baseball cap that said Avon Books in pink, and then there was a KissCon t-shirt that said uh, that's what she read with, like, a hot pink kiss and, like, the letterings in hot pink, and it was from KissCon 2019, which was, like, bittersweet because in 2019, I think I found out about KissCon after it had happened. Um, or it might have been, I found out about the one that was happening in New England, but I don't drive. It looks like it was going to be complicated to get to, so I was like, okay, I won't go to that. But everyone was like, there'll be KissCon 2020, and that was the KissCon that Lisa Kleypas was going to be at, Lisa Kleypas and Beverly Jenkins in Chicago, so I was like, bet bought my tickets. I was all excited, and the pandemic was like, oh, did you think? No. Um, and so, therefore, uh, there, there was no, no kiss gun for me, uh, but I have a t-shirt from it. Um, there were also two books, uh, West End Earl by Bethany Bennett 
and How to Survive a Scandal by Samara Parrish, as well as a cool note card from the Milwaukee Public Library, a cool poem from the library as well, a sticker that says Library Loud Days, and another, like, flat, like, note card, postcard with, like, cool images, um, like, pictures taken outside of the library and stuff. Um, so it was really, really nice to, like, receive that. Um, I I am always, like, giveaways for books. I'm going to enter. I'm always, like, I'm probably not going to win. But, like, if I do win, I get some books. Um, and so this time I got some books, which was really, really cool and really exciting to be like, I got books. Ooh, 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 because I love books. I mean, I'm not sure when I'm going to get to read these because, girl. My TBR is like, we are exploding. We are exploding. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can tamp down on the explosion by just adding to it. <laughs> I can't help it. I like books. They like me. And so therefore. <laughs> um, so I got a lot. So those are the things that I am grateful for this week. Uh, if you hadn't noticed, uh, we're back on a Monday schedule because I thought Wednesday was going to be easier for me. It was not easier for me. So I'm going back to releasing on Mondays and you guys are going to get to start the week with my voice. Yes. My dulcet tones in your ears. Through your speakers. Making your day full of delight that is what I shall be doing yes so upcoming I've got more elder spiral books elder wow I meant to say elder racist books because I'd gone down another consequent you know a consecutive spiral but then my brain was like no we're just gonna call them elder spiral mm-hmm, okay as well as Elisa Kleibus so Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye!